The Crossman Conversation brought to you today by Community Legal Services, Maynard Cooper, Frontier Partners, by Crossmark Services, and Roto Speaks. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to uh, Crossman Conversation. Mike, uh, real quick, uh, I just want to start with a little quick story for you. Is that okay? Can I tell you a quick story? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've ever done this no, before. No, no, I got a quick story for you. So listen to this. I, uh, creature of habit, I've got the same... Yeah, that cuts my hair, same dental hygienist, same attorney, same accountant. Like I keep, I don't change right. like same people. So I go to like the same convenience store, like uh, every week, couple times a week. And so, you know, I you know get a little relationship with people there. And so the guy I would always talk to was a guy who went by the name Gunny and he former military guy, little guy, but tough, tough guy. And we really bonded, you know, I mean, over different times I was in there one, one morning and it was packed. And for some reason, I felt lightheaded, so I kind of put my hand against the wall because I just was brilliant. And I looked up, and Gunny was glaring at me. I thought he was going to jump over the counter like he was ready to help me out. He was worried. Yeah, and then one morning I came in, and I had gone on a run, and I said, can I get, um, you know, a drink, energy drink or something? He's like, John, the the power's off. I can't can't sell anything because cash register's not working. And so I said, well, Gunny, I'm just going to give you a 20, and I'm going to take it. I'm way overpaying. You'll just give me money next time I come in. So I came in like two weeks later. I mean, Mike, it could have been with Fort Knox. I mean, that guy had it in an envelope, the exact amount, the receipt. I mean, he had it totally waiting for me. I mean, he, oh, wow. he, he was he was on it. So one day I come in and uh, there's a woman there and I said, oh, hey, where's Gunny? And she goes, oh, well, Gunny died. What? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I came back in the next couple of weeks and I was like, uh, what's up with Gunny? When's his funeral? And she just said, I don't know. And so... I started working on researching. Gunny was one of 152 people that passed away in 2019 in Orange County, uh, Florida, uh, that no one claimed their bodies. No one claimed their bodies. And so uh, we leaned in a little bit, and so we helped out with that, and we got Gunny uh, buried over in Brooksville, where they have the Mm. big national cemetery thing there. And so um, they asked me to come to the ceremony. So I come to the ceremony, and it's kind of cool. They had all these uh, Harley Evans guys with flags and these Ladies saying, and they, they do this for people who have not been claimed. And there were 17 veterans buried that day, honored that day, not one family member. Can you imagine that? That's man? just unreal. awful. So I'm there. And uh, so they sit me down as the one person, and then they do the whole ceremony with the flag, right? And they fold the flag up. I mean, it's really emotional. I mean, when they hand you that flag and they have the little, you know, the little speech they do, I mean, it's, it's, it is a very emotional moment. And so I left there and I had the flag and I reflected on it and I thought, gosh, you know, I don't feel at peace about this as a result. So I reached out to my friend, Ray Watson, who's a, who's a military veteran. And I said, Ray, you know, what do you think about this? And so Ray helped me. We worked together. We got that flag put in a shadow box. And then he contacted a guy named Colonel McKnight, who the movie Black Hawk mm-hmm. Down is based on. Mm-hmm. And so Ray and I went together and met with Colonel McKnight and we gave away that flag uh, to a museum in Merritt Island, Florida, and where Gunny's flag is on display in memory of all soldiers who have not, wow. who were not known, right? And so that was a very big emotional journey for me. But the guy that really made the whole thing happen was Ray Watson, and Ray's our guest today. So Ray Watson, veteran, and somebody who supports and helps. That's the military. wonderful. Ray, thanks for being here with us. Oh, I welcome the opportunity. 
So awesome. And so, uh, Ray, what I wanted you to talk about today was, you know, I, I think about, um, you know, uh, there's Memorial Day, there's July 4th, there's Veterans Day. And, you know, people, I think, have done a better job of saying thank you to veterans. Um, you know, you're a Vietnam veteran. And when I was a kid, you know, people didn't talk about the Vietnam War. And it's been a beautiful thing to witness in my history of seeing Vietnam veterans embrace things like that. And we have a society now that does say thank you for your service. And we, I think we're better at it. But I still think sometimes people don't totally understand those holidays and, and, and how do we connect better with the veteran community. So I just wanted to take a few minutes and get your perspective. Also got my buddy uh, Roto on the show, who's a Navy veteran. I know you're Army veteran, and I prefer Army, but don't tell the other branches that. <laughs> um, but what's your perspective? What do people need to know about veterans, Ray? Well, first of all, yeah, you mentioned the period of time that veterans weren't well respected. That was during the Vietnam War. Uh, there was a great divisiveness in the country regarding whether we should be in Vietnam or not. And the vets were the ones that bore the brunt of that, so to speak. Remember back then, the primary members in the Army at the time were draftees. We had a national draft. And if you were between certain ages, 18 or more, you were eligible for the draft. Uh, so you had Americans that stepped up, that honored, that you know, took their honor of being an American citizen, positively drafted or not, joined the Army, joined the Navy, joined the Marine Corps, joined the Air Force, whatever it may have been, and fought in a war, a very unpopular war, uh, but it was because their country asked them to do it. So I think when you look at a veteran from Vietnam to today, that these are people that are, are writing a blank check mm. that they're going to support their, their country and their countrymen at the risk of their life. Nobody else, maybe some first responders, uh, policemen, those sort of people can fall into that category as well. But the veteran is the one that absolutely signs his name and says, I'm going to do what I have to do to uh, support my country, my countrymen. That's something that not everybody has. In fact, in today's world, as we see, there's a lot of divisiveness in terms of America, being an American, being a patriot, uh, and veterans don't have that dilemma. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. What do you want um, an average person, if they are walking you know, through a retail area, they're at a theme park, and they see somebody that has a, has a hat on and it says Vietnam veteran or or just any kind of military that it's, it's apparent that they are, they've served the military. What do you, what do you want them to think or feel? What do you, how do you want them to respond and treat veterans? What, what should they know? Well, I think the, uh, you know, mentioning thank you, uh, is certainly uh, wonderful. Um, thank you for their service. I always thought about this and I said, really what you're thanking them for is for your freedom. They made their service. They put their service in, but what was your return out of it as mm -hmm. an American citizen is your freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I think a better term might be thank you for my freedom versus thank you for your service. But an acknowledgement that you do recognize that they have put their life on the line to service the greater good is certainly great to be recognized. Well, I think uh, one of the things many people don't reflect on is that I believe that the Vietnam War was a critical component to the civil rights movement. It was the first time we had integrated troops. And man, uh, I, you would know, but when you're there and the person next to you and you're 
fighting with each other to, to, to save each other's lives. And that first time you black and you come back, your perspective on that race is different on, on both ways. Right. And so people have studied this and say, that's a real credit. And so that's a good thing that came out of that. A lot of good can come out of military service, even when some parts of it can be ugly and bad. There's, there's greatness that can come out of that. And so it's important to be mindful of that. I think. Right. Well, I can give you a perfect example of that. Uh, uh, when I joined the army, I was kind of a draft induced enlistee. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to get drafted. I graduated from college. So I, I signed up to go to an officer program. Uh, but before that I had to go through basic training and I went to Fort Dick, New Jersey, Fort Dix, New Jersey. And many of the people that were basic trainees were black soldiers that have participated in the riots in Newark. Wow. And they came in with a, obviously an agenda, at least uh, in their mind. But once they were in the organization, once they were in our basic training unit, and we had college graduates Mm -hmm. uh, that were going on to OCS, and we had people that were, you know, uh, economically disadvantaged, different nationalities. We had a Puerto Rican National Guard platoon in our company. And immediately we were all one because we had a common goal and, and we were together to accomplish what we were there to accomplish, which was to get through a hard program and move on to the next level. But that just goes to show you that, you know, this diversiveness or divisiveness, I should say, it really shouldn't be because Mm -hmm. once you're put together and you understand and learn each other and you have common objectives, you all come together to accomplish that color, religion, creed did not make a difference once we were together. When I think about, um, you know, holidays like July 4th, you know, we're celebrating independence. And so that comes back to veterans because we wouldn't have independence without veterans. And then veterans day, obviously we're honoring veterans. I think the, the one of the three that gets a little more uh, deeper is Memorial day uh, because it's not thanking a veteran. It's remembering the people that served with them, right? And really creating pause to go a little bit deeper. Uh, I think I've told you that, um, you know, my family will always go to the uh, Vietnam Memorial in, in Baldwin Park. It's because I think it's important to take time to reflect. There are people that didn't come home. There are moms and dads that didn't get their kids back. You had people that didn't come back with you. And that's painful and hard, and it's good, and it's important to reflect on that. And then keeping the connectivity of all those different holidays is key. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, today, I I think the number is somewhere around 3% or less of American citizens that have any connection to a veteran or to a military heritage. So they often look at these holidays as just that. And Memorial Day is the one, quote unquote, holiday that isn't a celebration, but a remembrance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to understand, to take a moment to pause but most Americans, it's a three-day vacation. Certain advertisers are out there pushing whatever it is, and uh, it's a, an opportunity to go to the beach, uh, drink some beer, cook some burgers, and spend time with your family, which it should be. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be a moment of remembrance of going all the way back, you know, to Bunker Hill, <laughs> and all the way through to today, and what that and those that gave their lives. Uh, and what they did to bring us to where we are today needs to be remembered. Absolutely. 
Well, um, Ray, uh, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for my mentor. And thank you for my freedom, Ray. So thank you very much. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with uh, Bill Roto-Rooter, and he's going to give his perspective as well. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally to serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Community Legal Services is a civil legal aid organization providing no-cost legal help to the underserved. They call it Legal Aid for All. Their attorneys assist with legal issues related to family law, housing, domestic violence, veterans' benefits, and much more. Community Legal Services is a community-supported program. To learn more and help support the mission, visit clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. Community Legal Services. Legal Aid for All. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. Are you willing to serve communities in crisis around the world to people who are impoverished, oppressed, and persecuted? Frontier Partners International offers mission opportunities in areas least served to meet the needs of the helpless, hapless, and hopeless, and is currently serving earthquake survivors in Syria. Share the love and joy of Christ and give the gift of a hope-filled future to someone in desperate need. Learn more at FrontierPartners.org. That's FrontierPartners.org. Once again, here is John Crossman. This is John Crossman. I'm here with my good friend, Bill Roto-Rooter. How are you, Roto? Outstanding, but I'll get better. (laughs) I want to talk to you about uh, veterans. I want to talk to you about veterans. This is our topic right now. Um, So first off, just tell me me briefly your military uh, experience, just so people listening to this, like, who's Roto? What's the context of your experience as a military okay. person? So, yeah, so I was uh, ROTC at the University of Florida, Navy ROTC. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut, and that's what drove me all the time uh, on what I really wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, I was there and as an eight-year-old when I was uh, when seeing Apollo 11 watch on the jetty, wow. on the jetty over at uh, Coco. And so I... Uh, that really basically blew me away, right? And so, but my career. So I, uh, I basically got uh, as soon as I graduated the UF. I was an ensign uh, uh, in the Navy. Went over to flight school and ended up uh, through the whole flight school process and then flying F-18s. F-18s were pretty new at the time, um, and I was out down in Jacksonville at Cecil Field. Back when there was a Cecil Field, 
and uh, had a had a great career uh, in the fleet with respect to all of the times you're talking about about saying you know landing on carriers etc. And then went on to uh, postgraduate school in aerospace engineering, and I was uh, big on trying to help uh, des- redesign for the space shuttle. It was kind of fun, and then. Uh, went to test pilot school. So test pilot school is kind of cool. And uh, being a test pilot is really cool. Because uh, you're- It, it too... sounds terrifying, Roto, but keep going. All the better. I'm an adrenaline junkie. It's Yikes. okay. okay. <laughs> so, so so doing a lot of things the first time and, and things like that, upgrades to various aircraft. And some of it's just mission systems, but a lot of it is what we call the flight characteristics and things like that. So uh, did that uh, for a few years and then, and then went on to help the acquisition process. When I say acquisition process, I mean you're in, in an office, but you're also sort of an engineering-oriented uh, practitioner because you're also a pilot. So you can put those things in context so that the civilians that are making decisions about how to either build a plane or how to equip it with various and sundry uh, um, th- you know, things for uh, the warfighter, then we're that, we're that kind of connective tissue with respect to that. And then I went on and I was honored to be able to, or to be asked to uh, be the commanding officer of the largest flight test squadron in the Navy. Uh, and that was primarily F-18s, but also a lot of other strike airplanes uh, as well. And so I was honored to be able to do that and be the chief test pilot for a couple of years. Uh, and then uh, they drafted me to come down here to Orlando. And so uh, I grew up in Key West, like I said, I went to Gainesville. So for me, it was perfect. Um, and I was four years at the Naval Air Warfare Center Training Systems Division, which a lot of people down here really don't know that it exists, right? right? So it's over there in the Central UCF Research Park, mm-hmm. uh, and there's you know 1,500 people there, that uh, most of which are civilians, uh, that you're responsible for. And the idea is all of the training systems and the modeling and simulation stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I got to preside over that uh, organization and cheer them on as a commanding officer and uh, and had a, a it was a it was a great second tour uh, where I had learned a lot my first command tour about leadership and how to apply it in the, this context and then to do it again um, in uh, here in Central Florida I was very very honored to be able to do that and to, and to integrate into the community as well. That's awesome, man. That's a lot. That's a lot. But other than that, I'm not, you know other than that, yeah, no big deal, <laughs> Just, no big deal. Um, uh, so listen, they don't, they don't make movies about my career, right? They make movies about your career. That's, that says something. Well, what I want to talk about is, um, is veterans and really how non-veterans, I want you to talk how you'd like non-veterans to view veterans. Right. And I think that for a lot of people, there's probably a general like ignorance, like, you know, when you're talking about things you're doing, like, you know, I, I like meeting veterans and, and hearing their stories, you know, like one of the things I've never asked a veteran, like, you know, what's it like being in a tank? Like, what is that like? Like, you know, what's it like being in a submarine? What's it like being in an F-14? Like, I have this sort of like, I have such respect for it. I kind of want to feel it just a little bit. So I try to understand what they were going through, right? So there's there's part of that me that but I think a lot of people don't know. And then there's like, even if they do know, they kind of know on a level of like, well, thank you for your service because they're trying. Um, but I don't know, does that come across you know, trite or is that meaningful? I don't, I don't know. So no, I think it's meaningful to 99.9% of the veterans, to be honest, um, regardless of where, how, and for how long they served. Right. And so, uh, the veterans, they have a mindset, like I was telling you earlier, they have a mindset that of service, right. And they don't lose that when they take off the clock. That's a lifelong thing. 
Correct. It's a hardwired. It's, par, it's part of your DNA at that point, right? You recognize selfless service. And and there's so many other great applications of that. That's one of the reasons that we have uh, we have groups inside Central Florida to be able to that go and do um, things on the uh, that go and do things in various. I'm I'm serving at a homeless services center. Um, you know, chaired it for seven years. I mean, trying to because we see things that that some people don't see because of the things that we've experienced and how we can make things better. So, so I, you just got to be a good steward of that. You got to say, okay, I got to invest in that. So when, uh, when Memorial day comes up, mm-hmm. right. And that's, you know, the soldiers that passed, the ones that did not come home. Yeah. And one year, my daughter and I, we went to, um, uh, a cemetery monument and we played, put flowers there. And we did actually did it specifically in memory for a friend of mine. I was telling you about who did come home. We did in memory of his, his, his troops that did not come home. And we actually did a little video and sent it to him. And um, I know it meant a lot to him, but I also know it was, it was hard. That's a hard thing to think about. Yeah. But that's the concept of like, I've always told my daughter, especially you know, on Memorial Day, we're going to go and reflect on people. We, have, we enjoy things because other people never came home. Right. And that's kind of hard. It can be ugly and sad and maybe, maybe anger. But I think there's an importance of just dealing with that. A little Absolutely. bit. I mean, does that be? That's but, right. But, but a little bit, right? That's you know, right. Not just playing on Memorial Day, but there's a concept, and I think you know, veterans probably when they see that they appreciate that because it could have been them. That's right. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm I'm actually speaking at the one out in Oviedo. The uh, American Legion does a very big one out there, and uh, I've never been there when they had it, but um, uh, I got buds that are there uh, yeah. that are part of the American Legion out there in Okoe, uh, not Okoe, but in, uh, um, what? yeah, Oviedo. So, uh, but, but you're right. And there ought to be some period of time when somebody is in their picnic or whatever it is that they're doing, that they take stock in what this really stands for yeah, and how we reflect. Someone else had loss. You know, I mean, it, it, for people who've never done it, when you go to Arlington, and I've seen this, I mean, you're like a rocker world, I've seen this, you go by and you see a woman having a picnic on a grave with a baby. I mean, you want to like weep all day and you get that concept. That's what we're talking about, guys. Yep. And it's taking time to do it. So then we move over to Veterans Day. And when we're talking about Veterans Day, we're saying you came home, you served, and we're thanking you for your service. And so that's a day you call a veteran and thank them, right? right. So one is right. like a reflection, a graveside, that kind of thing. The other one is anybody you know is a veteran, make sure you take time and, and just thank them. No big deal. Right. But it's acknowledging what they did, at spending a period of life doing what they did. Right. It's kind of like, well, you say happy, happy Memorial Day. Um, that's probably not the right way to go. You said we're honoring Memorial Day. Right. Right, right, right. right. We're remembering. That's why I told my daughters, on Memorial Day, Day, we remember, and on Veterans Day, we we honor. Amen. Right? Um, And so July 4th, we can do all the above, right? That's right. July 4th, we can do do all the above, but we're, again, that concept of thanking veterans. Is there anything else that, uh, for someone who's not a veteran, and you're a veteran, you, you, do you want to say something like, hey, John, you need to always think about blank. You need, it's good for you to have in your head blank. What, What do I need to know? What do you need to know for 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 veterans? Like you like if you like John, like you need to know that they sacrifice in a way you can't comprehend and try to be tender. Or what 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 is what is that? Also, be so depending on how 
you're equipped from an empathy standpoint, um, there's there's first there's things that they may be carrying, right? Whether that's PTSD or whether that's something, um, and to you can you've got to be able to figure out whether or not it's okay to ask a question about where did you serve, what you know those sorts of things because that may be that could be triggers. And I don't yeah. say that obviously that's not the majority. Uh, but it is something that to, to to keep in mind when you're trying to talk to a veteran and talk to somebody that uh, says, you know what, I really, really appreciate what you did, and I know it can't be easy. Something that shows a little bit more empathy, especially when you see someone and you can read the person in enough to say that they seem a little withdrawn. Mm-hmm. And if they're a little withdrawn, then that may be that they've got some of those things going on, and you just want to be able to touch that. In, in know, a way that can help. Rhoda, when I hear you say that, it makes what I my, where my goes in my brain is like if I say where to go to where'd you go to college and you say UF, and I'm like, oh, what'd you major in? Like, where did you live? Like, those feel pretty simple. But if I'm like, oh, you served in the military, and they say yes, you know, kind of proceed with caution, right? Like that, it's not like a like, well, where what did you do? You know, like being intentional about tenderness, right, and letting them share on their own terms. Yes, so, did I absolutely. get it right? Yes, exactly. And having yeah. some time to time to reflect on that. Right. You know, and even uh, somebody might, well, I didn't agree with that conflict or whatever. Guys, these these are people that the policy part doesn't matter. You know, one thing I've been really recently reflecting on, Rhoda, is that um, I personally believe that the civil rights movement was vastly more successful because of the Vietnam War. And the correlation is, is that we had integrated troops in the Vietnam War and they became brothers on the battlefield. And you had people that never even met. And when they came back, Hey, you're not discriminating against this guy, this guy and his family. I, I, he, he took a bullet for me, literally. And so sometimes people think, oh, well, that was a bad time in history. Well, there was badness to it, but there was also great. There's some things that came out of that, that made us a better people. Right. Right. Well, it drove, it drove the, it drove the point home that we all fight for this country, that we are all in Mm. this country and that race is it doesn't matter when it comes to defending the freedoms we hold dear that all of us step up to do that. And, and that the fact that it's, yeah, it ought to be absolutely um, colorblind. Totally. I grew up, I was reverse bust as an elementary school kid. Okay. So I was in an 80, 20 school. I was the 20. Right. Right. I was singing spirituals (laughs) in chorus at Key West. And so for me, I am, Ooh, that's never left you never left you absolutely part, not part of your story yep. part of you are well thank you for your service Roto thank you and thank, you, to thank, serve. thank you for being a, a friend and a mentor and, and for helping educate me and, and hopefully our listeners thanks, thanks for, for the opportunity appreciate it's it good to chat this has been John Crossman the Crossman Conversation and as always support your local HBCU this has been Crossman Conversation produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production <laughs>